Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to another one of these. It's America's team. I'm Austin York. He's Dylan Reed. The Cowboys on Thanksgiving lay the smackdown on the New York Giants. It was kind of a tale of two halves, but they get it done. They're now 8-3 and three going into the game against the Colts this weekend. Obviously, we're going to get to that. But first, Dylan, I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on the Thanksgiving Day game. And like I mentioned, the first half looked very different from the second half. What did you think about it? What were your takeaways? Well, you're, you're certainly right about that. I think myself, along with a lot of other Cowboys fans, were a little nervous after the first half, but we pulled it together, and my takeaway from this is this is another game where we've seen the Dallas Cowboys lean more into the run, right? Twenty or 39 rush attempts, 30 pass attempts. So, And once again, we see another resounding victory. Now, the scoreline maybe doesn't fully indicate how much of a better game it was for the Cowboys in the second half, but I felt really good overall about their performance. We saw kind of a throwback game for Zeke. He actually played better. Well, he had more yards per carry than Tony Pollard at 5.8. Tony Pollard had 3.3. You don't see that very often, so love to see a throwback game from Zeke. Another 100-yard game for C.D. Lamb, so that's just... And I now believe he's in the top two for NFC receivers as far as yard is total. So he's really starting to have a connection with Dak that seems to be clicking on a game-by-game basis. And then Micah Parsons, a couple sacks, tons of pressure, no real surprise there. Yeah, and I, I thought this was obviously, as I mentioned, uh, the first half I, I was really discouraged because it, it kind of felt like Dak was reverting to what we were telling him that he didn't need to do or telling the fans. We were like, oh, Dak, you've got to be smarter. That first pick there was just a ridiculous pick. He shouldn't have thrown that ball when he did. Uh, it threw two interceptions in the first half. But what I really liked about this team, and I've seen this a couple of times this year, is they've gone in after a horrible first half, and they've really made adjustments in the second half, and they've looked like a loads better team coming out of the uh, break or out of the halftime. And, and they really looked really sharp. And I think even the, the game against the Philadelphia Eagles, they looked terrible in the first half of that game, 20-3. to three. They came out and made it a game in that one on the road. 
one thing we always used to bitch about as Cowboy fans when Jason Garrett was around, there was no halftime adjustments. It really seems like you can't give McCarthy, uh, maybe Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore. You got to give them credit. They seem to be able to make these adjustments in the second half. Yeah, you know, that's kind of the calling card of Bill Belichick, right? Is halftime adjustments. They always say, well, Bill's the people still feel as though, and it's fair that Bill's the best coach of all time. And one of his really, like I said, his calling cards is halftime adjustments. And we've been played with not having halftime adjustments for a decade. So I think, you know, throughout this year, and really we saw it last year as well, Mike McCarthy is proving that he is very good at halftime adjustments. And yeah. I mean, I, I think a ton of credit should go to him for that, honestly. That that makes a big difference, and that's attributed to a lot of our wins this year. Absolutely. And and you look at – I think a lot of people look at the at what Dak Prescott did in the first half, and they got to be discouraged. But to me, that happens. And I think what – I know this is going to sound crazy, but that was an encouraging game for me to watch from him because he knew what he was doing. And, and one of those picks, too, by the way – I liked his answer. He said, I'm going to be aggressive. And it was the pick uh, to uh, the C.D. Lamb. He kind of threw a tight ball there. But he says, nine times out of ten, that gets knocked to the ground. That's the kind of aggressive I want from my quarterback. I don't mind him taking that shot. It just so happened it got popped up, and then somebody was able to pick it off. But the fact of the matter is that Dak went into the locker room. He made the adjustments he had to, and he looked really sharp in that second half. But you mentioned it. That running game is really what is going to get the Cowboys where they need to go. So my question is to you here, if you get Odell Beckham or somebody like that, do you think it's going to disrupt the Cowboys' offense? you think with a guy like him and a deep ball threat that that might screw with what they've got going right now? You know, I don't believe so, and we'll touch on this later. I'm sure about uh, we've got a, we've got a guy who we signed to the off season uh, coming back. Washington's coming back as well. So let's say we have him fully back around the same time we possibly have Odell fully back. I, I I see it as a huge plus because you have a team that's so good at running the ball that is dedicated to running the ball. All that means is the defenses will of course focus in, load the box, and prepare for the run thus giving us more one-on-one opportunities outside, which, like you mentioned, Odell's a deep threat, so he's going to thrive on situations like that. I, I mean, I actually would see it as a huge plus. It would give us even more big play potential. I think so, too. I, and I, I throw that out only as kind of playing the devil's advocate here because it seems to be working with the run. We seem to have... Finally, I know we've been barking about this as Cowboy fans for years. Hey, we need Tony Pollard more in the game, and, and we need less Zeke. But now it seems like we've finally struck that perfect little chord. The perfect balance. That balance between the two of them, and, and it's excellent. It seems to be working. And, and like you said, I thought from all intents and purposes that Tony Pollard was going to be the star of this team going forward, and he still may be. I'm not, I'm not suggesting he's not. But it really was the Ezekiel Elliott show uh, on Thursday, especially in that second half, he really he, he was able to wear him down. One of the things I also liked, and I, I don't know if if you got this, man, our tight ends, mm-hmm. I, I, that group of tight ends, you got, uh, I'm uh, Jake Ferguson there who did that great leaping. <laughs> Yeah. He jumped over the guy and then kept running, which is great. Usually you see him leap and then they'll fall or stumble after uh, missing a tackle. He kept he got, what, 10, 12 more yards. And then you've got Peyton Hendershot, 
And then, of course, Dalton Schultz. You've got three good receivers there at the tight end position that could really give teams some fits here off the line, not just blockers, but these guys are an added receiver. Yeah, especially um, the younger guys, Ferguson and Hendershot, seem to have a little extra pep in their step, not to take anything away from Schultz. I think he's still been productive, especially with Dak now being our quarterback. You can see that Dak looks to him in emergency situations for sure. But what's really great about having three tight ends that can all play a decent receiver role is that now you have a bunch of packages where you feel comfortable putting three tight ends out there. Yes. Which just means that you're able to run the ball even more and even more effectively. And we've seen that. That's why we see so many three tight end packages because, frankly, they have three good tight ends that could run off a play action and get open. So that leaves the defense guessing, and it really just makes our offense even harder to defend, which I think it's never been more difficult to defend. I actually think this offense is better than it was when we were ranked the number one offense in the NFL. Personally, I really do. Well, and one of the things that people are overlooking is that since Dak has come back week 7 through 11, the Cowboys have scored more points than anybody in the game. And uh, they got, they're very good on third downs. That's something that was very prevalent in the game against Minnesota and, and still continued to show itself in the game against the Giants. I think I want to tell everybody that, that anyone that was concerned, and I, I think you probably feel the same, about the Cowboys' performance in the first half, and oh, they're committing too many penalties, which is still a problem. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I would caution everyone to remember, Cowboys played three games in 12 ga- days. Three games in 12 days. This is one of the toughest, if not the toughest, stretches in the schedule the Cowboys go through every year. And they could have very well gone 3-0 and in those games if that darn Packer game and just turned around a a little different. They whipped up on Minnesota, and in the second half, they whipped up on the Giants. A very depleted Giants team, I should add, but still a a game in which they got the win. What stood out? Was there anything that jumped out to you that was negative for the Cowboys that you were like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't like to see that? Well, and I think this was less of a problem in the second half, but I think we saw some of what all Cowboys fans are somewhat concerned about, and that's the run defense. I think that we could still play a little bit better there. I think that whenever you play a team with a running quarterback, you do see that quarterback have quite a bit of success. Now, I I, I, I should preface this by saying my quote-unquote game plan for beating the Giants was kind of almost allowing uh, Daniel Jones to run yeah. a little bit, so I... I should watch what I say on that. I I, I say, oh, they Daniel Jones at a... Yeah, <laughs> they were listening. Yeah, they were listening. So I, so I shouldn't sit here and be like, oh, well, Daniel Jones ran too much because I kind of called for that. I think you let Daniel Jones run and you try to focus on Barkley. That's what they ultimately did that was able to help them win the game. But that is my one... If I have to ha- have one area of concern, there's really only one because I think that we saw some really good play out of the defensive line as far as pass rushing is concerned. But I still have a little bit of concern about stopping the run, and not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we we mentioned it last week with the 49ers. It does give me a little pause when I look into the future. I think about my playoff matchups, and I think to myself, that 49ers run game is going to be extremely difficult to stop, and I do worry that they might find a little bit of success against the Cowboys, but that is games and games and games into the future. We're looking at a stretch now where the Cowboys have some very beatable opponents, and we'll get there to in a second here. But uh, I wanted to mention the defense. Uh, I just thought the defense, and this is where teams 
I, I don't understand. And I, I, I would say to you, I really believe, other than maybe you mentioned the 49ers, I don't think that there is a better pass-rushing team right now in the game mm-hmm. than the Dallas Cowboys. And I know Nick Bosa is awesome. But you still got to look at Micah Parsons as just that much better in those kinds of situations. And if you're passing, if, if the Cowboys can force you to in a passing situation, game you're in, it's game over. Like you mentioned, get up a couple scores, you're done. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's funny you mentioned that. Those are definitely the two best pass rushes in the NFL. I think most people would agree with that. I do believe the Cowboys pass rush is the best. I actually have a fun little... Uh, little statistical snippet to kind of give you an example of why I we think that. So the Dallas Cowboys are the only team in the NFL that have two players that are top 15 in sacks. It's, first one's obvious. It's Micah Parsons with 12. He's second in the league right behind uh, Matthew Judon at 13. But then you have Dorrance Armstrong oh, yeah. at who's 12th, who's uh, 12th in sacks with eight. So that's the only team in the NFL that does that. We lead the league in pressure rate. We lead the league in sack rate by two points. We're at 11.51 right now, which is essentially almost every nine snaps now a quarterback's getting sacked. So, I mean, we're looking at a team that has a pass rush that might be somewhat historic in its pressure rate, to be totally honest. And when you're talking about the run defense, one of the things that that we, we both said was an issue but you got to remember that Hankins did not play in that game. He mm-hmm. is a guy that we brought over from the Raiders. Uh, you you still have Tack McKinley, who did see some action, and I thought played when he did come in, played admirably. Well, yeah. uh, so he's only going to get better. And you also have this rookie, uh, Damone Clark, linebacker, who is getting a heck of a lot more playing time. He seems to really have an, an ability to get to the runner uh, when it, when he's called in that act and and those particular situations, so you got to say the Cowboys are doing the little things to make them better at the against the run. Saquon Barkley, possibly one of the best running backs in the game, top five easily, and we were able to to stop uh, stop him down and put the Giants in those long third down situations, yeah. and then it's like you said, kind of game over. Now we're going to turn to uh, this week's game and. And I don't really know if we can. We need to spend a lot of time on this because it's the Indianapolis Colts who, at the beginning of the year, I circled this game and thought this could be a great game because I picked them to be one of the better AFC teams. That has not been the case. No. They are struggling. Uh, it's been a nightmare season for them. They come in Sunday night football, uh, take on the Cowboys. I know that we're talking about the NFL as anything can happen league and – you know, there's a shot in the dark. Every team can win. It doesn't matter who it is at any given Sunday kind of thing. Is there any chance Colts beat the Cowboys? On Sunday? Are you worried uh, at all? Uh, Cowboys are 11-point favorite. Uh, I'm not worried at all. Uh, maybe on the point spread I could possibly be, but as far as the Cowboys winning the game, no. A few kind of things to kind of remember just, just because it's happened. They did beat Kansas City in Week 3. Yep. They took the Eagles down to the wire, so I'm not saying we haven't seen what I would consider to be anomaly play or anomaly games for the Colts. But what all of their kind of total, um, you know, total of games and total of numbers and rankings and this and that would tell you is that the Colts are a pretty bad team. Yeah. And not just that, but 
The Colts are a team that the Dallas Cowboys are kind of designed to dominate. I want everyone to think back on the Vikings game and know I don't expect that level of blowout. You should never expect that level of blowout. That's outrageous. But this is a team that is a pass-first team that doesn't want to be a pass-first team, just just like the Vikings. They want to use their premier running back like they have in Jonathan Taylor. Yep. But they have an inferior offensive line just like the Vikings, and they're forced to pass. And so I think this is another game where the Cowboys are set up to, I mean, kind of dominate them. Like I said, you would think Jonathan Taylor led the league in rushing yards. I mean, he was the best running back in the league last year. So you think to yourself, oh, gosh, well, this is a team the Cowboys are going to struggle against. Well, this is a team that's 25th in rush attempts per game, 25th in rush yards per game, 24th in rushes attempted against them. So this is a team that can't run the ball and gets run all over constantly. So it's really a team that we're set up to beat because they can't run the ball, so they're going to have to throw a lot. You throw a lot against Dallas, you pretty much just lose. And what what has Dallas now become, what I keep saying? A run-first team. So this is a team that we can run the ball all over, and that they're going to have to pass the ball against us, and that's a recipe for failure. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked at Monday Night Football. I have a Colts uh, a friend that uh, lives next to me. He's a neighbor of mine, and he, he's a huge Colt fan because he grew up in Indiana. And we watched the game on Monday night, and I watched it with him, and I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pittsburgh is not a good team right now. They're th- they're three and seven, or were three and seven, when they were coming in that game, and the Colts just looked pathetic. That offense was horrible. Yeah. And Matt Ryan, God bless him. I don't know what happened to him, but he is making poor decisions, probably because he's getting pressured so much. But he's a statue back there. I know he's yeah. run a little bit more than normal, but I, that's <laughs> not because <laughs> he suddenly found Neil uh, Wheels. He's he's running for his life out there, and the Cowboys are not like the Pittsburgh Steelers at all. They've got fast linebackers that will destroy him. I just don't see, unless Jonathan Taylor somehow finds gaping holes in the offensive line, I just don't see how this they can lose. It is the Cowboys, and everyone gives them their best shot, but, again, it's the Colts, the way they've been struggling this year, I would almost feel pretty good about giving the 11 and taking Dallas at this point. <laughs> I don't like to do that because that's a lot of points in the NFL. But the Colts really are looking bad, and their defense is banged up. It's just, again, anything can happen, but I just don't see how the Cowboys lay an egg this week. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's similar to what we said in, in, in the Giants game, and then even more so because I see no feasible way for them to win. Like you mentioned, anything can happen in the NFL, several flukes or fumbles or something like that. But it's like I mentioned, this this is a team that Dallas is designed to beat and beat handily. They, they're they going to be forced to pass the ball because they've got a bad offensive line. They're going to get eaten alive by the Cowboys. If they let the Cowboys get up by one touchdown on them, it sounds ridiculous, but that might be game. I mean, it's it's that kind of thing. So uh, 11 isn't the craziest thing. When you look at this team, it's just set up so perfectly for the Cowboys to beat them. All right. Cowboys are going to meet with Odell Beckham Jr. on Monday. It looks like he is coming down to the Giants, the Bills, and the Cowboys. I'm just going to throw it out there. You think the Cowboys sign him? Is this a, a done deal? Is there any way that Jerry gets outbid or outdone by another team? You see, now I don't think so. I think this is pretty much a done deal. I don't see Jerry getting outbidded in a situation like this. And I think it's important to keep in mind he had his airplane incident, which doesn't concern me so much. 
Jerry Jones went on our sister station, The Fan, and mentioned that uh, he has no problem with it either. So unless Odell decides himself to go somewhere else, I I, I see no way this doesn't happen. Jerry's not going to let somebody outbid them for Odell. And the last question I have for you, any concern about Odell Beckham? 30 years old, his second Mm -hmm. ACL, you worry about him at all? You see, I don't because it's a low-risk proposition for the Cowboys. They don't need to give him a lot of guaranteed, and it and we have enough cap space to do so this year and moving forward. So, and and, and he's not going to be required to be a number one. He can come in, be a number two, be a number three, whatever he needs to be. So, I think with how our receiving room is built and the amount of space we have with the cap, I just have no concerns about bringing him in at all. Yeah, I I don't really see Jerry getting outbid at all by any other team. He's made it very clear that he wants Odell Beckham on the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's going to be. I think the Cowboys went on Sunday night and then Monday or possibly Tuesday, but I think Monday we're going to hear the word that Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys have signed Odell Beckham Jr. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Hopefully we join you next week with a Cowboy win, a hopefully a 9-3 and Cowboys team. Until then, have a great one. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.